Hey guys, DK here. We originally recorded this podcast on June 29th and meant to release it the week before Nationals. However, the subject that we're discussing, refing, has come up a lot in recent threads in both the tournaments and captains groups on Facebook, so we thought it would be a good idea to upload it early so everybody can hear the full discussion between myself, Guy Next Door, and Tragedy about the recent experiences in Brisbane switching to a slightly different refing system. So, yes, we are talking to you from the future. Deal with it. Welcome back to the resupply with me, Gynex Store. And me, soon to be Fireball DK. <laughs> Bringing you your weekly double tap of all things Space Marines and Laser Force. Oh man, it's it's almost upon us. It's so close, it's Steve. So, so close. close, man. Like, I, <laughs> as soon as I bought my ticket to this year's Nats, because originally I wasn't going to come, and as soon as I bought my ticket, I was like, okay. it'll be good it'll be good and then in the last couple of weeks i'm just like holy fuck like nationals are soon i feel fucking yeah i mean it it took all of about an episode and a half to convince (laughs) you to uh to buy your tickets yeah well i mean you know that happens i've I've been getting messages throughout the last couple of weeks people going like goddamn podcast is like making me fall more hard so you know it's it's part of the charm i guess it's it's uh it's one of the services we one of the many services we provide on the podcast (laughs) I'm, I'm glad we're doing something right that's right um so at the i guess at the time of this uh podcast is coming out um nats is next week right uh, yeah we're trying to predict the future right now but it will be very soon in any case either uh next week or the, or the week after that <laughs> so right. it will be very close on the heels of when this podcast airs that's right so um after this one we'll probably start doing uh, podcasts from nationals we're going to try and record the, the weekend before nat starts and then um time permitting we'll record at lasers uh throughout the week of nets and um obviously you know there'll be plenty of people facebook living and all that fun stuff that we've started doing over the last couple of years so um yeah it'll be it'll be uh as in depth as the last couple um so for those who decided not to come you know at least you'll be connected some way um rather than just watching the scoreboards and you know twitch chat <laughs> and if you're lucky i'll get a couple of drinks in me to provide a little bit of extra color commentary <laughs> yeah, that, that one's always good but this week um we, we, we there's been some discussion over uh the way in which um the tournaments are governed um specifically the the rules that we play by and the the penalty that uh, the penalties associated uh, with breaking those rules but um we this week we've got somebody on who probably knows the rules better than any other living laser force player <laughs> um he's been on before i think maybe even to talk about rules last year um but let's uh let's give a, a nice welcome back to uh the the granddaddy of <laughs> of space marines uh tragedy out of brisbane what up dog peter peter hey guys it's gone good mate good it's good to have you on again um it's good to be back yeah we, we miss you i we only get to see you like once a year max so it's always nice to have you on uh although 
you know, we'd get to talk shit in our uh, NRL fantasy chat group, which, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> which you're smashing me on? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of like middle average. It's how I live my life. It's middle average. Um, but yeah, we, we're, here. we're not here to talk about fantasy sports. We're here to talk about fantasy warfare. Damn it. Pew um, <laughs> 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 um, But yeah, so uh, we, we defer to you as our... Um, as our uh, community expert on the rules that we play by. Cool, all right. I'm touched. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, serious. there hasn't, please, there hasn't really been touching. any... <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been any new rules as far as I know, but my understanding is that uh, you guys in the most recent Brisbane League were experimenting with a new referee system where penalties don't deduct the usual 1,000 points in the 5 MVP. They just deactivate the offending player. Is, is that correct? That's pretty much right. The, the The software doesn't allow us to not do the points, so that, that still happens in-game. So post-game, whoever's doing the stats has to you know reapply the points. But the idea being is that, uh, yeah, players are just penalised um, with uh, penalties not actually worth points. Um, it uh, It seems to be flowing a lot better. There's little to no referee discussion after games. It's so much quicker. Wow. Um, I know that's like a, probably one of the bigger like negative aspects about Nationals is is the, or at least it used to be um, before ref suits, was the time that it took for referees to discuss shit after the fact. Um, just It just seemed to drag. It always seems to drag. <laughs> There's always something, isn't there? Yeah. Someone's, someone's just like, oh, I can't believe you didn't see that chase. Or like, what are you talking about? That wasn't blind. Or, well, I don't, I don't know. It's fucking bullshit. Oh, or that my my personal favorite is when somebody in who's refereeing, uh, oh, yeah, I could have seen this. I think I might have seen this. <laughs> well. yeah. so, so it's always some of the pedantic aspects about the um, the penalty application, the after-game discussions. Mm. Did he do it? Did he not do it? Did you see it? I saw some of it. Did you see the rest of it sort of thing? Mm. That's one of, the, one of the aspects that I wanted to try and um, uh, reduce, if not eliminate, mm. by um, just allowing the, the referees more or less the freedom to penalise because they think something happened. Uh, it might not be the best way to put it, but that's that's basically it. I think you shielded. I hit you. I think you chased. I hit you. But so, with so penalties, I'm, I'm not being worth what, points. Yeah, so I'm curious if the, the rationale was to try to get referees to be a little bit more bold in choosing to actually make the the call in game. Because speaking personally, that's one of the things that frustrates me the most is referees being indecisive in a game and then afterward deciding. Oh yeah, I definitely should have called that. Well, if you should have called it in game and you didn't, forget the just the penalty on its own, but that allowed the player to take advantage of whatever infraction they had, and maybe they they broke an opposing resupply as a result. So just deducting that a thousand points afterward, in addition to causing all of the the butt hurt after game of not having a penalty called, it also might have completely altered the uh, the resolution. So was that part of the the rationale in in doing this? It definitely was. Um, I mean, there, there were plenty of, of aspects that I was trying to um, to address when I wanted to introduce this and uh, yeah the, the referees just giving them a bit more freedom to um, uh, to penalize players be less indecisive about whether or not they need to do a penalty um, 
and move that on onto you know the referee's perspective. And I, we all know as players that you have a have a perspective of someone shielding or chasing you, um, and the referee is in a different spot, may or may not have seen it. But as referees, you might look at something happening during the game, and you you go, oh, that, that might have been a bit dodgy, but I really wasn't in the right position to see it. Mm. The idea now being is like, well, previously I suppose you gave the benefit of the of the doubt to the attacking player. And what this system aims to do is actually remove the de- benefit of the doubt from that attacking player and put it onto the defending player. So you, you're what you're doing is you're, you're penalising the person if you think they shielded when they walked in the door, even if you don't have the right perspective. You penalise the player if you think they've gone over a three metre mark, even if it's you know right on the core or the cusp of of that um, of that tipping point, mm. and you remove the benefit of the doubt from the attacking player. Have you found that it's had the like the opposite effect? So I know that like a lot of refs are quite tentative um, to give out because it's such a, a hefty thing that you know ping someone a thousand points. Um, so with that gone, has it has it swung the other way? Like have you found that guys. Um, you know, a more penalty happy. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, yeah, it was. I mean, we were we were getting or seeing six, seven penalties a game. You know, some players were being being pinged two or three times. Mm. But well, as the seasons progressed, the referees are, are lapsing back into the way we used to do things, which is just stand back, look at the screen on their gun, lean on the wall, mutter amongst <laughs> themselves. And honestly, yeah, they're just like, oh well, yeah, actually, I should have penalised that when it was in games, like. <clears throat> I actually had it happen to me just last Monday night gone. I was, um, uh, we got bumped by the um, the opposing heavy weapons. He got in and uh, as everyone left, the uh, the heavy was standing at the T-junction the and he was aiming down the, the leg of the T and I was the last person out. But because of the way he was standing, which was his normal stance, his gun was actually in front of my face and I had to limbo under the gun <laughs> so I could get away. The referee's standing there. He's like literally a metre and a half behind me and I'm yelling, move, 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 get out of the way. And the ref did nothing and I copped a, a missile for it. Right. So, uh, yeah, so there's a 600-point turnaround there. Um, and, of course, me being me, I blew my stacks. So that was a 1,600-point turnaround. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I wouldn't believe that for a second. Did you throw a chair? <laughs> that, was, that was a penalty that where the points actually stuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a good question to, to add on to that. So the, the default assumption now is just penalties are applied in-game where it's really more like kind of a, a foul call in other sports where it's not a major infraction, you know, maybe you just take the ball out, you stop play, you prevent the sort the of flow. player charge of the infraction from, from taking advantage. Yeah, you alter the flow of the game, mm. but you otherwise don't make any adjustments. But if it's deemed to be something that really does need to be penalized and have a point value applied to it to really discourage them from doing that, you can mm. go ahead and keep that after the game. That's right. So um, the the premise behind that is that if the referee believes in his opinion that the um, uh, the player has deliberately breached the rules, so say, for example, they're, they're squatting behind a wall and they stick their arms up in the air and shoot over it without showing any shoulders, well, we'll, we'll let you keep that 1,000 points. Thank you, Sunshine. <laughs> you know, deliberate breaches uh, definitely should warrant still being penalised. It's just like, you know, you, you give them a penalty for it, then conduct them after the game. So how do you, I guess then you get into that murky grey area of what, like, what somebody's, like, point of view is right what someone's opinion of whether or not that was deliberate um well i guess it's easy in that that example of someone just 
blatantly sticks their gun around a corner or, or over a wall obviously that's a <laughs> that's pretty deliberate but um you know things like chasing like chasing's already such a uh, like a complex rule so to add in like any ambiguity ab- about like how the referee kind of sees the rule do, is that has that presented any issues or did do you guys think that no, that's it, it it hasn't um and again it, it's just down to the referees paying attention when it comes to just applying the penalty but um <laughs> Well, certainly a lot of the um, the queries that I was getting before we implemented this mm. was, oh, you know, how are you going to stop people just um, taking advantage of this and deliberately breaking the rules, you know, deliberately chasing or deliberately shielding? And it's like, well, if they're going to do something like that, the referee is going to know that it was, you know, um, an effort to, to really um, take advantage of the no-point penalty mm. and can still still apply it. So if a referee sees a chase that's, you know, five, six, seven metres and they, you know, they go in and, and specifically target um, one person that uh, that they really can't, then, yes, that penalty can still be applied. But mostly, you know, as, as we know, chases and, and shields, you know, the two most common penalties that people are done for mm. are, are more or less accidental. And yeah. it comes down to, you know, mis- yeah. misjudging the uh, the distance that they've travelled, misjudging the distance that the opponent's travelled, not knowing the, the opponent's travelled that distance full stop. Yeah. And and shielding being, you know, just a, an action of um, their position relative to the field and not quite knowing that they're not showing what they need to. Yeah, or like, you know, that, that uh, you know, reflect, um step back shot that a lot of guys mm. you know will do like ah! <laughs> and yeah. that's put them in a, in a shitty position um i suppose i see like that, that yeah if you if you think about it like how you said dk about you know it being like a foul or, or like a travel call or something in basketball like um it's not a biggie obviously it's a rule infraction but like it's not a not doesn't warrant like a thousand points right and they yeah it's it's just a it's it's a quick turnover it changes the momentum of the game momentarily but there's a hundred other moments in the game where something could swing right back and it's not oh my god i just lost a thousand points how am i gonna make that up i'm already thinking about how i'm gonna argue this after the game that no i didn't really chase all that kind of stuff so Mm. i i feel like that could definitely be a, a real improvement and yeah, I, I would agree that in most cases, especially for chase and shields, it isn't deliberate. Yeah. But if somebody is getting, you know, four or five penalties for the same thing in a game, well, yeah, now maybe <laughs> some some loss of points is warranted because they clearly are, are not kind of learning their lesson, so mm-hmm. to speak. But if it's just a one-off or something like that, I think that could be a, a real improvement is not to make it so punitive that, A, players are going to get really mad and B, referees are afraid to pull the trigger yeah. as a result. Because I, I know having spoken to referees in the past, at least from my own side or newer players, there is a real reluctance to call penalties, especially on more experienced players, because they feel that they're simply going to be overruled after the game. So what was the point of them doing anything in the first place? Well, that's how, like, like I've kind of always felt. Like, we, you know, we've been playing this game for a long time now, and every nationals as a referee you're like i always feel very um apprehensive about giving out penalties because it's such a like a big penalty like a thousand points is a is a massive difference um that you know 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's like getting shots twenty times. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, kids. <laughs> but yeah, like it can be a, a big, a, a, a massive swing. So as a uh, as a ref, you you know, I've always kind of thought, well, I need to be a hundred percent sure that this thing happened. I mean, you should always be a hundred percent sure that a thing happened. Um, but there's there's uh, a little bit more leniency now, I guess, if you do make a mistake as a ref. It's not gonna. Well, there's, there's the thing. It's you don't need to be a hundred percent sure. Um, I mean, we we go back to to the accidental aspect of of how most of our penalties are. Sorry, not most of our rules are broken, mm. and then how the penalties apply. Mm. With that, is with the the advent of um, the referees being able to take people in game. Is it really worth a thousand points? Mm. Is is the eight seconds just enough? And so far, the the um, the results are leaning towards absolutely. Yeah, it's it's worth the eight seconds, but it ain't worth the thousand points. Because mm. it's yeah, and, I, that's that's a good point. Because the original impetus for the the hefty penalties was well, by cheating, you really gained a big advantage in the game. So this points is to to make up for anything, any advantage you might have gained, and then some to discourage you from mm. doing it. Mm. But if you can stop it from happening and just shut down them taking any advantage, then yeah, why why do you really need the extra points on top of that? Mm. Yep. So we encourage the referees, obviously, to pay more attention. Um, um, but also, <laughs> this is this is the trash version of keep your gun up. <laughs> <laughs> referees, pay some fucking attention. <laughs> Just yeah, watch watch what's going on. Um, pay attention to what's going in and out. And if you if you believe someone probably broke the rules, you don't need to be one hundred percent. Just hit them. All right. If you made a mistake, you made a mistake. If they didn't break the rules, oh well, it's eight seconds off their time. They didn't lose points for it. Right on. And, yeah. If, and they, so if they were far, good enough to break into the resup once, they could, they can do it again. <laughs> that, and that's right. We're we're nine weeks into a ten week season, and we've had um, one per, one person blow up because of being penalised. We've had one person blow up because he, uh, the opponent wasn't penalised. Uh, only one of them was me, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our um, uh, with the with. Near non-ref discussions at the end of the games, we're averaging six games inside two hours. Wow. wow. And the feedback I'm getting from other players is that the, the season's much more relaxed. Everybody's happy, um, you know, aside from, you know, winning or losing. But uh, <laughs> there's there's little angst. Um, people aren't yelling at each other. Um, when someone does get penalised, they just go, oh, what was that for? Oh, you, know, you chase someone. Oh, okay. If they disagree, we have a bit of a discussion after the game and, and off you go. I suppose, like, it's it's less of a thing to fight for after the game to, to yep. try and rescind a thousand points. Cause you just, at the end of the game, you're just like, well, I mean, eight seconds, pff, whatever. I'll live with it. I'll cop that. Yeah. Well, they don't like it when it happens in game, but oh, of course. Um, after the game, it's forgotten. Yeah. 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 I would imagine like even partway through the game, unless it was like a massive, like momentous swing, in which case, like mm. that's the point of the penalty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty pretty positive, especially if you are, as a result, getting to play more games or, you know, um, more games in a shorter period of time. Because, I mean, that's obviously been one of the discussions around this year's Nats um, mm. about, you know, the the length of the days that we're playing to. So whatever we could do, if we could, like, chop each day by an hour, that would be marvellous. <laughs> Yeah, because the, the three big questions that I had, just based on my experience with refing and running tournaments in the past, is how can we improve refing? 
Has this made the game resolution quicker? Is there less arguing over calls as a result? And it sounds like the answers are pretty definitive. It's improved refing, maybe not 100%, but it has probably made things better. Game resolution is quicker, and there's less arguing over calls. Would you say that's a, a fair assumption there, Shred? That That's a yes all round. Perfect. I mean, if, if you're getting unanimous yeses, then... Why? Why would you? Why would you not want to do it? <laughs> um, That's right. And uh, you know, once players, because uh, you know, we, if we take this into the tournament, um, players are still going to have a little bit of getting used to the fact that they're being penalised for something they, they they're not sure that they've done. Mm. Once they realise and or come to realise that it's really not affecting their um, their point score, they just got to get away and then they can come back and attack again. Then. Um, uh, it certainly becomes a lot more calm and relaxed. So yeah, so I mean that yeah, that was going to be my my next question is just would you suggest that we adopt this for the the upcoming nationals? I I honestly can't see how it would hurt. Um, you know, if the more if I think that the more angsty players uh, that are commonly you know in the tournaments um, aren't going to be as um, as angry when they get penalised, it's going to help everybody else because. Yeah, you know, they're not going to be walking on eggshells mm. around these people. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And that, like I said, is, is far and away one of my biggest concerns with tournaments. And I think refing generally is kind of everybody's least favorite part, but it has to be done. And if there's anything we can do to improve that experience and make it easier, then I am 100% in favor of positive changes there. Absolutely. Mm. Um, how how did this come about? Like who who's brainchild was this well i i had a, a thought about it when um we had a an incident in brisbane last year where um those familiar with the the brisbane field will will know this but for those who aren't we've got a, a, a section in the back corner back right left hand corner of the field which is called the blue tower and from the blue tower you can access through the back through the vortex which takes you to the bridge you turn right you come to the red tower you get across the red tower to the obstacle you turn right you're back to the blue tower so it's basically a, a large rectangle so rusty and taipan were in the blue tower and i was in there as a referee and uh rusty shot taipan who ran down the obstacle into the red tower which is about a, a distance of about five meters now um i couldn't see taipan for the most part, I could see the top of his head from my uh, vantage point on the blue tower uh, and where he'd positioned himself. And then from the bridge section, along comes Rusty's other three head who trundles into the, the red tower, missiles Taipan. Now, how Taipan or why Taipan did not try to, to dodge or avoid this missile, I can only guess. My biggest <laughs> assumption is that he thought he was about to reactivate um, or he thought he would, would reactivate while the missile was going off. In the end, he was missile. Rusty then um, travelled from behind me at, at the obstet, past Taipan, didn't target him at that point, ran all the way down to the other end of the obstet to where the new tower is um, and proceeded to attack Taipan's resupply. Taipan ran into the obstet, ran behind Rusty, yelling all the way, I still ca- still haven't come up, still haven't come up, still haven't come up. And Rusty gets to the other end of the new tower, shoots all the resupply, turns around and shoots Taipan. Cheetah! <laughs> <laughs> well, Taipan blew up. But I, I couldn't penalise Rusty based on the, the way we were doing the rules because I couldn't see whether or not Taipan's suit reactivated because the time that, that it was between from when he was, was reactiva- deactivated by Rusty to when he was missiled was really on that eight-second mark. I don't know if his suit reactivated. I couldn't see him. Mm. So now Taipan blew up. Actually, it, it actually caused Taipan to quit Laser Force. He, he left. 
Um, he did come back for a couple of games um, at the end of the season to, to see it out and um, and uh, finish the finals, but he, he hasn't been back for a much more than social games since. Wow. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't penalise him. Uh, sorry, I, I could penalise him for his blow-up, but I couldn't penalise Rusty. Right. Uh, because I couldn't tell if he chased Taipan or not. But that got, got me to thinking, look, we need, we need a way, first of all, to get the referees to pay a bit more attention, give them more freedom to penalise things that they think might have happened, reduce the discussions after the game by just saying, look, let's just not have it if we don't need it, and you get someone on an assumption. So if I switch it around, in this um, particular scenario, Rusty had been given the benefit of the doubt as to whether or not he chased Taipan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this way, I actually do think that Taipan didn't reactivate, and I think then that Rusty managed to chase him because of that. So I would have tagged Rusty as soon as he targeted Taipan. Mm. But where Rusty would have lost a thousand points and his momentum, um, and Taipan wouldn't have blown up. In this case, uh, Rusty just would have lost his um, uh, momentum. Mm. Taipan wouldn't have blown up, and the game could have continued. So that that got me thinking. Look, how can we do do it better? What can we do better? Mm. Um, and it, it's taken me, um, history-wise, all the way back to when we had the Laser Force forums and, and the arguments that we used to have over, you know, how chasing penalties are applied and what is or isn't a chase and what do you do about when someone doesn't realise that they've actually chased somebody. And uh, it led me to the process of, hey, look, let's just give the referees more freedom and let's take the points out of it. Yeah, and, good point. Uh, and it's, it's, it's basically worked. I mean... Like that's it's pretty, it's pretty great that you know a game that's had a rule set like this for uh, like a couple of decades now. <laughs> um, yeah, that that something like this it it almost seems um, like game changing from a from a tournament perspective because um, it's such a like it, it's such a paradigm shift. Like it, it takes all of the pressure away from yeah from the referees. Um, my only mm. my only thing with that with that example that you were saying was, um, what what happens if, um, you know, if Taipan's suit actually did come up, um, and then he was put down, but you didn't see that happen, and then you break Rusty's you know momentum, like he that's that's potentially game changing. He's in on a resupply, you know, potentially kicking them out of where they are. Um, what? That's definitely one of the, the possible downsides, mm. and it's certainly going to happen, but it's it's a consequence of removing the benefit of the doubt. Right. Or, or shifting shifting where that benefit goes to. Right. Um, and it's it's all down to um to really to the to the referee's perspective and his opinion. Mm. Okay. And that's that's probably one of the other things with with our scene, obviously there's a uh, there's always gaps between, you know, um, experience and, and inexperience, especially when it comes to refereeing, because a lot of sites don't have, you know, the the regular leagues where they can actually train their guys on how to ref. Like, uh, um, yeah, it, it is, you know, a, a reasonably big deal. So with the newer refs, um, I, suppose it, I suppose it makes things a little easier for them because there's this pressure on them to... Um, yeah, to fuck it up. 
<laughs> if they do, it's not such a big deal than the other way. That's our one swear word for the PG-30. <laughs> oh, man, I'm all over that. Well, there, there was already one earlier. We, we've already yeah, yeah. Demonetized. <laughs> That's all right. I, I swear on purpose to make sure Beans doesn't profit from our hard work. <laughs> But yeah. Well, that, that was one other point of clarity that I wanted to have because I was talking to Rusty about this a bit off air um, when we did the the last podcast about some of the changes that have been made to refing. And um, one thing that I had heard was that in the kind of run up to the discussion of this, there was sort of a bit of clarity that had been made on, well, the referee still needs to see the infraction happen. They don't need to think that an infraction is about to happen. You don't want them Correct. taking preemptive action. You do want them to have observed an infraction. Yeah, pre preemptive action was one of the things that I had touted as um, uh, wanting to try. It it quickly got shouted down, <laughs> so um, so it was left out. But but the idea behind the preemptive stuff, and believe me, kids, it's it's not happening this way. But there there are certain times when you as a referee will be standing in a position, and you know that um, the one of the t- the the players that are down deactivated in front of you has has backtracked out run back in without anyone from the opposition team in sight or they've literally just run from one one point of the field come into your field of view and run into to where you are and and propped and then along once they're out of sight along trundles one of the opposition who comes along the path but you can't penalize him until he actually shoots that guy Mm -hmm. the preemptive thought that i wanted to try was if you see something like this happen and you know for an absolute fact that if he gets in there, he's going to penalise. Uh, he's going to shoot that guy. You just hit him early. You stop that that person being chased. You stop him from losing a life, which is even more important if that poor guy's a medic. Mm. Um, and, um, and and you um, you stop all that action from happening. You, you give that guy a chance to reactivate. But as I said, they got shouted down because there were too many ways that it could go wrong, which is fine. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely see your perspective on that. Uh, But yeah, at the same time, that does kind of open it up to other kinds of abuses or or referees maybe overstepping Mm. the line. We don't want to get into, you know, new uh, minority report surveillance state (laughs) (laughs) kind of. uh, Hell Hydra. (laughs) I mean, look, it, it could have it could still have an application, but it would really take the referees to be um, highly experienced and highly mm. observant which which we don't have really like because the the player base is changing all the time and yeah like i say like not everyone gets to play a regular league trage um but yeah so like people it's it's an interesting thing to get used to uh, riffing a game um mm. well some of us don't even get to play regular laser tag steve <laughs> <laughs> shit um <laughs> i suppose like the flip side of that is um you know if if it is if it is the medic that's being targeted and you know i i like to give i like to give people the benefit of the doubt i figure most people have like reasonably strong ethics and so we we try and play the game as cleanly as we can most infractions are done by accident like you say um if you do get you know one player who's coming in to specifically shoot the medic on a track and does it multiple times that's where you know the deliberate penalty comes into play i guess mm. well that was um shooting the, uh, the the medic on a chase is one of the things that i believe that still should be allowed as a points penalty whether you you know or you don't mm. um yeah it, it's it's one of the the bugs that need to be ironed out but um if a if a chase results in a medic getting shot then um 
then I think there, there should be some some form of punishment still um, still to be applied there. It's such a like it's such a game changer to have that right. Like if if mm. you can run in and penalty be damned, I'm going to go in and I'm going to kill the medic. Like yeah, that's that's a big thing. That's a pretty big thing. Yeah, that's yep. what we don't want. But again, you know, most people. Most people better for the doubt. <laughs> We're all good people here. <laughs> None of us yeah. shoot on purpose. So some but, additional um, punishment. I, I would recommend uh, a booting. A booting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get that reference. <laughs> I understood that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, right on. So uh, what else? What else did you want to touch on? Well, there's, um, there are still penalties that... that that um, attract points regardless of um, right, of, course. Uh, of the system. So obviously the deliberate penalties are still going to attract points. You know, if the referee's opinion says, no, nah, I reckon you um, you were shielding uh, when you, before you walked in the door, you stuck your gun around the corner, shot everybody, and then you stepped in and said, hi, here I am. No, nah, <laughs> you get penalised for that. Um, uh, swearing. Swearing still attracts um, <laughs> points penalty. Yeah, no fucking swearing, kids, all right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Physical physical abuse. Now, so you know, would throwing a chair yeah. come under physical abuse? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's actually quite borderline because if you threw a chair and the referees were still in discussion, then the game's still in progress. So yes, you'd get a physical abuse oh. penalty. But under this system, the referees just walk out. So if you time it just right, <laughs> you might get away with it. <laughs> I could tell. Well, I mean, that's that's a hypothetical. I don't know anyone who's stupid enough <laughs> to do that. <laughs> But what did the chair do to deserve it anyway? Well, no, it was, I blame sure the floor. Looking at that guy funny. <laughs> the floor was yeah, super slippery. I was just trying to push the chair. Oh, in. right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I heard that the chair was looking at someone funny. <laughs> yeah, it called me a racial slur. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> Ooh, those Aussie chairs, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, the most racist of all the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as I said, chasing where the, the medic's been targeted or tagged yeah. um, is something that I, I think needs a bit of attention and might need some ironing out. And the last one would be um, uh, abuse directed at the referees. Yeah. Like I did oh, on yeah. Monday. I'm going to murder you in now. your sleep. <laughs> um, oh, for God's sakes, just open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking, Riff, did you see that? <laughs> Um, <laughs> keep your gun up even if you're a referee <laughs> yeah so okay um i mean it sounds to me that like uh it, it's wholeheartedly positive um so i mean yeah I, I don't see why it would be a bad thing to implement it into this tournament um especially if you guys have yeah, I mean, found success so speaking as only one captain among many i would definitely recommend that we strongly consider implementing this from this tournament but i i can't guarantee it mm. since there hasn't been any kind of full committee vote on this but hopefully the other captains will have had a chance to listen to this in the meantime and we'll be discussing it in group but i really do think anything that can speed up game resolution improve refing and make it less angsty as peter suggested <laughs> is going to be a, a real improvement for for the tournament and could just be a kind of model going forward mm. Yeah, and from it's a, not as though repping hasn't evolved over time. I'm sure all of us remember way back in the day when 
the penalty resolution was you got the captains together. They decided what they wanted to call in the game. They submitted to the referees and the referees had to confirm among (laughs) themselves. Did you, did you see any of these penalties? (laughs) That's right. That was the fucking worst. (laughs) So it could be worse kids. Oh, it's good to see that we've evolved over time. (laughs) I mean, with the, with the, uh, added advantage of ref packs. I mean, you know, it's perfect. The ref suits were, were such a positive innovation. I was really happy to, to see those. I was a little bit nervous at first, but almost immediately when I saw them in action, I was like, this is such a better system of, of mm. doing things. Um, and the, the potential obviously was there. And I think this is what's happening now because we're starting to iron out, okay, here's the potential for how these can actually be used effectively to ensure that the game is played fairly, but without the, the kind of side drama of the lost points and hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. And and the funny thing is that when the referee suits were introduced, there was still opposition to using them all over the world. I recall. Simply because, yeah, oh no, they're open to abuse. You can just shoot anybody mm. and and say that they did a penalty and it, it hasn't happened. And we got I got the same kind of opposition towards this this penalty resolution system where, you know, they they were saying, look, you know, players can abuse the system. It's not going to be worth any points to them. They might as well just go and, and cheat anyway. So, you know, we turned that around by saying, no, nah, if the refs, um, uh, refs think it's deliberate, you're going to get uh, get points anyway. Yeah. And and the abuse yeah. the abuse hasn't happened. It, well, the, the suspected abuse. I've not seen or heard of one person deliberately abusing the system to gain an advantage. It's because everyone in Brisbane is wholesome. <laughs> Good moral fiber in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, we only act like well, that when you come like to visit. Too far here. <laughs> we only act like that when Steve comes to visit. That's right. <laughs> it's because he's not like you've ever heard Peter yell loudly at somebody to shut up during a captain's meeting or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to trade you a lot calmer now than you used to be. So <laughs> comes with age, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, just about to ease into my old age uh <laughs> calmness <laughs> uh give me another year and and uh three months and i'll be in my dotage oh i thought you were gonna say dead um <laughs> <laughs> <Or no. laughs> um first dead player to play laser for it's a real achievement everybody just put a ref pack on him we got it yeah. <laughs> we're um I, i've next been toying with the idea of removing the stairs from the brisbane laser force field because they don't suit the zimmer frame <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you could have. I'm in favor of getting rid of all stairs and laser force arenas just as a, a general principle. Absolutely. So you have my support on that. And, and then I've got to uh, introduce a, uh, a campaign for one headed phases so I can hold the Zimmer frame and shoot at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just you know, what you need is like a, some sort of mount. And so you turn you turn the phaser into a turret on your Zimmer frame. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll, that'll work. And just rig it to a pedal so I, I just hold the Zimmer frame with two hands, turn around. Now, Stand can you explain here for the shot. Yanks in the audience what a Zimmer frame is? Oh, it's, it's a walking frame. Well, and it could have. It, it, I think we just call it a walker over here in the uh, states. A walker, and then yeah, there's a there's like three different types. So you have a walker where you literally have to step forward, like um, Mole Man does in Simpsons. So he yes. pushes it forward, <laughs> steps into it, pushes it. You can have one with four wheels, so you're literally leaning on the damn thing while you're walking forward, and that's taking all your weight. And I've seen ones with only two wheels on them, so front or back. Right. So you can manoeuvre it, 
more easily, but you still need to to push it forward, like almost like Mole Man does to to get going. That's uh, that's the resupplies. <laughs> that's the resupplies hot take on uh, Zimmer frames. <laughs> <laughs> if you need uh, some Zimmer frame advice, hit up Traj on Facebook. I'm sure he'll help you out. See, yeah, I was imagining more like more like the the rig that Ripley uses in in Aliens. <laughs> well, that's the fourth type of Zimmer frame. <laughs> Because I'm closer to a nursing home, I've been investigating them for uh, you know possible residential aspects, and of course, I've seen a lot of them around. Yeah, they're like, oh, have you come here to pick up your new Zimmer frame? No, bitch, uh, I'm not fifty yet. I'm still designing it. The perfect Zimmer frame. Um, that will be standard Laser Force equipment by the 2025 nets, guaranteed. So, have you got anything else you wanted to add, DK, or? Any other questions? Well, no, I, I, I think that I was a, a good summary, but go, but go ahead, Peter. Yeah, well, actually, we, we touched on the time aspect um, earlier, and, and this is it, it kind of connects to everything as well. So we don't have referee meetings, as, as we said, but it's, we do, but only when they're necessary to, to say, look, we need to apply points to, to something in the game. Um, obviously, if someone has been behaving pretty badly in the game, the refs are going to have to get together and, and discuss what sort of penalty should be applied. Hopefully, it won't take three hours like it has in the past. But... Um, uh, as I touched on earlier, the um, the, the games, we're, we're pretty much averaging six full SM5 games, so six 15-minute SM5 games in about two hours. We start at seven. We're finishing around nine, 9.15 mm. with these six games. And these are, are matches that are being played back-to-back, not an alternate um, game system like you can do with six teams because we've only got five teams playing at the moment. Right. Right. So even, even that time-saving is massive when it comes to, you know, getting through getting through these games quickly mm. without eliminations. I think that will be a big selling point for everyone involved because if we could not have to be at Revolutions for, you know, 14 or 15 hours a day, I think uh, mm. players will be a lot happier. Yeah. That's a brutal amount of time, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we love laser tag, so we will we will definitely put up with it. So what happens mm. what happens after the match with the refs? Do they just disperse or <laughs> Yeah, the the refs are just encouraged to disperse. If the players have a, a query as to why they were penalised in game, they you know they're certainly they have been free to approach the refs and say, hey, what was this for? Mm. Then I, I have seen and I've been involved also in discussions where you know the the player didn't think it was it was a penalty, it was or it wasn't, and I usually end the conversation with, oh, well, what does it matter? It's not worth points anyway. Mm. But really, for the the player's peace of mind, it can't hurt to, for them to know what they did wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's always usually my sticking point. Um, is that anytime I've been penalized in the past, it's usually just a very quick query to the referee of, you know, what what was that for? Or sometimes just clarifying that was for a chase, right? Or that was for a shield, right? Or something like that. Just so I'm aware of some adjustment I need to make if I'm coming in at a certain angle or some, something like that or like you know for, we've got a couple of <clears throat> relatively uh fresh nats players on my team for this year they played last year that was their first nats last year um but you know even still if if they are doing uh, if there are infractions or if there are repeat infractions a, as a captain you kind of want to use that as a as a teaching moment for your guys like if you if you can pull them aside and say, hey, look, you know, just come around the corner a little cleaner or, or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, most people have been playing a while, so they should know how to how to play this game properly. But, um, you know, sometimes Nats um, amps people up yeah. so they, they can do yeah. silly things. Yeah. Don't be such a fat ass and block the entire hallway. <laughs> yeah, et leech. Cetera, et cetera. <laughs> 
uh, smallest dude on our team gets pinged for a for a block. <laughs> yeah, but it, and if if players are being penalised um, frequently because they've got a dodgy technique that that means that they're possibly or probably shielding, then you know it gives them a much greater chance to fix that aspect of their game too. True. Because they, you know, they're copying those penalties, they find out what it is. The captain can have a talk to them, and they can adjust how their their stance is so that it doesn't happen. So, because that eight second downtime still has an effect on how the game's played. So, yeah. in that sort of scenario, I mean, where in the past multiple infractions would would warrant like a conduct penalty. Um, if there's no sort of ref meeting or anything after that, like, how does how, have you guys found that there's? Uh, I mean, you know, conducts are like. That they don't happen that often, but um, hmm. has it sort of? Well, we haven't we haven't had any games where um, where players have been penalised so much in game that they need to to also have a conduct penalty. I think the most anyone copped was was three in a game, and they were actually for all different things. Mm. Um, but we um, we did have one player who's actually copped a um, a conduct penalty for his shielding because he'd been warned by this particular ref. Um, three or four times in the preceding weeks up to this game. And then he did exactly the same thing again. He, you know, he, he camps in the same spot in the helm. Um, he shoots out of it towards the vortex. The referees pinged him a couple of times, told him, look, if you do this again, you are going to cop points. And lo and behold, the next week he does it. And it took a little bit of discussion to actually get it out of the ref that, you know, it, it has actually happened in the past and I'm making this these points stick. This is the reason why. Mm. And the point, the, the thousand points actually stuck. And hopefully he's going to uh, to adjust the way he stands in the helm um, to avoid shielding again. So how yeah, does that... Just having, having to have that discussion once rather than multiple times, I think is already a big improvement. Yeah, but yeah. then like, how is that kind of tracked? Like if, if it's that player who's, who's doing this in multiple games? <sighs> Well, in, in this case, it was a single referee who'd been observing this player over the course of these three or four weeks. Mm. But just like any other tournament, um, you know, you, you can see players penalised for um, for shielding multiple times through a tournament and nothing nothing more ever happens. Yeah, true. Um, and yeah, it's it may take um, a written warning to the player. Um, and, well, I'm going to write you a nasty like, letter. In writing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't literally mean in writing here. You have been shielding. Don't do it again. Hand the, paper to yeah. the player. No, I mean you, it gets written down on the scorecards. It gets noted so that the referees themselves know when they're going into a game uh, where this player is participating to keep an eye on on what they're doing. Mm. And if they do shield, then you know these these are now worth points. But that's a system that I, I don't think we've come up with that um, come up with yet. That's uh, that's viable. To be fair, though, I guess that's kind of uh, that's more of the exception than you know, the norm, right? Like, that's not going to happen, if at all. You'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's not that many times where conduct penalties are handed out unless someone's pistol whipped someone or, like, you know, gone on a massive mm. abusive tirade or, or whatever. Um, although I do recall yeah. Lone Soul out of Auckland getting done for multiple tilting penalties. <laughs> I think he got three in a conduct in one game. It's just because at the time he was too skinny and twisted so that the suit didn't actually fit on him properly uh, so obviously this wasn't last year that <laughs> wasn't didn't, last year <laughs> you're didn't a real dick DK. Sorry, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> didn't that happen to virus in auckland as well uh i don't know about virus it was def it was definitely happened alone so uh but he's actually he's he's on the way down dk he's 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 in shape he's getting fun fit 
Man, remember when we all used to be skinny? That was weird. Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our uniforms have been ordered for the uh, the competition, and uh, Rusty made my order as uh, extra dad bod. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, there you have it, kids. We we just call that standard size over here in the state. (laughs) Tragedy's new code name. (laughs) Dad bod. Dad bod. Standard dad bod. Um... (laughs) Cool. Well, I mean, it sounds like it sounds really positive. Like I, I'm again, I'm with you, DK. I'd, I'd be well keen to, to have a discussion um, with the other captains, and you know, um, at the very least, we we trial it. Um, you know, because what else is Nets for if not for trialing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of upset that I didn't think of this because I've always been of the mind we were doing our leagues in Sacramento that if possible, have the referees, you know, warn players when they're, they're about to, to break the rules so that there doesn't have to be this long kind of discussion and angst over penalties and just, yeah, skipping mm. the intermediate step and making the penalties worth zero points unless it's particularly egregious. Mm. Seemed like an obvious solution and yet didn't think of it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, more, more power to you, Traj. Mm. Well, um, we, if we're going to trial it, we've got plenty of practice games, I hope, before the tournament actually starts. So, you know, these teams get into practice, let's get practice refs in too. Well, do we, uh, when, uh, are we just practicing on the Sunday or, um, like, well, we're we're all going out for our pizza coma on (laughs) Saturday night, but my hope is that we'll maybe get to play some, some late night games after we've uh, all had our fill and we can uh, roll ourselves through the, through the maze for at least a a few games. So it'll be at that point, pizza dinner. Laser force, emergency room for Steve, and then recovery all Sunday. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But it's, but it's it is, are we not getting laser force pizza dinner, laser force, and then, and then emergency recovery room, room for Steve? <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it just depends on how busy Revolution is during the day right. on mm. on Saturday. Because uh, I, I think we're meeting, at, I don't remember if it's 7 p.m., 8 p.m., whatever it is. And then, um, yeah, if we could get in some games before that. That'd be great because I'm sure my guys would definitely be keen for that yeah. because we will have played very little in the intermediate time. Yeah, pre- That's it. pretty sure my guys will be too. Um, the Saturday normally is the day where people kind of gather at, at lasers and and kind of jump in for games here and there. But yeah, it should. I think it'll. I think it'll work out. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Trash, for coming on and sort of uh, giving us the the heads up on you know the the updated rules and well hopefully the updated way that we run refs at um uh at nationals yeah thanks man appreciate it thanks for having me oh good um well that'll that'll do us for this week kids um i've been guy next door and i've been dk always remember to backtrack kids we'll we'll see you next week at at nationals nationals (laughs) yeah